Come on, why don't you clap your hands unto God. Come on, watch you shout with a voice of triumph. God is already moving in this house. Come on, that's it. Why don't you go ahead and lift up the name of Jesus. Come on, watch you lift up the name of Jesus. Clap your hands, all you people. And shout out to God with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is already moving in this house. And I know that God has something great in store for us. If you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 16. We're going to start at verse 16 and read through verse 28. Acts 16, verse 16 through 28. As you turn there, I want to give honor to your pastor in his, in his absence. Amen. He's actually preaching uh, for Brother Silva, who's been here and ministered here, but he also preached at my home, amen, and I want to give honor, I, I listened to it, and God moved in such a mighty way, and so we're so thankful that you would lend your pastor out, amen, and preachers um, certainly have, especially your pastor, dynamic ministries that are a blessing, not just here in Carson, amen, but around the nation, and we're thankful for them. I am give honor to your ministry team and all those who keep service going, and um, we send you greetings, amen, from East Bay Bible Fellowship with Pastor Ari Prado. And I am expecting God to do something great, amen, amen. God gave me very clear instructions today, and God is going to do something special. You already feel the Holy Ghost moving, amen. God's about to do something very special in this house. Acts chapter number 16, we'll start at verse 16 through 28, and... I do want to give honor to this church, amen. I'm not here every week, amen, but every time I come back, amen, I just tap back into what's already going on. There's such a freedom, a liberty in the Holy Ghost, and I honor you for praying, amen, and coming with a heart of anticipation because God is about to do something in this house, amen. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 28. If you have it, say amen. Bible says, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, Certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us, cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ come out of her and he came out that same hour and when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrate saying these men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive neither to observe being Romans the multitude rose up together against them. The magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison. 
made their feet fast in the stocks. Verse 25, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and every band, everyone's bands were loosed. Everybody say loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Amen. I prayed very specifically from the moment your pastor asked me to be here. God placed this sermon on my heart. And I'm not going to pretend as an evangelist that it's every time that God gives you a direct word. Sometimes God does not make you privy to what he's doing. Amen. But I do believe God always has a plan nonetheless. And God laid this on my heart. And I prayed a specific prayer that I, I haven't prayed before. You know, oftentimes you're feeling after God and the music goes forward and it confirms what you're preaching and it, it's a blessing, amen, to the minister. But today, as I was heading over the mountain, I prayed a very specific prayer because I knew what God had spoken to me and I knew what God had laid on my spirit. There was no doubt what God wanted to do in this house. But I prayed that through the music, God would confirm his word. Not for my benefit, but so that you understand that God is about to do something in this house. And that's a very specific prayer to pray. Amen. But they started singing, shake the foundations with praise. They started talking about breaking chains. And I've come to preach today under the sound of the Holy Ghost from this title. Amen. Chain breakers. Look at your neighbor and say chain breakers. Come on, I'm telling you, God's about to break some chains in this house. Come on, if you believe that, why don't you lift up your hands? Why don't you begin to thank God for what he's going to do? Come on, God's going to do something special. God's about to do something profound. God's about to unleash a spirit of faith in this house. Come on, are you going to receive what God has for you today? God, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise. For we know that your word is anointed. I pray, God, that even now the spirit that began to work and move on me, God, would begin to move in this congregation. I pray, God, that those that are struggling with depression, with stress, with worry, with addictions, God, that you would begin to break every shackle, that you would begin to break every chain, that you would break every chain in the heart, that you would break every chain in the mind. God, that you would, we would leave here today with no doubt that heaven had visited earth. God, we'll give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. One more time, clap your hands. Give God the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more time. Say chain breakers. Amen. You may be seated. The setting of our text finds Paul at the beginning of his second missionary journey. Paul would take Silas to what we now know as Turkey to visit the churches that had been planted throughout that region during their first missionary trip. 
Soon as they arrived, they would begin to strengthen the faith of the people in those churches as well as see new believers increase daily. And it is here where Paul would meet a young man by the name of Timothy who was a new minister who would join Paul and Silas on this special missionary journey. This is the same Timothy that Paul writes to in the books of First and Second Timothy later in the New Testament. And shortly after Timothy joined this missionary trip, Paul would have a vision of a man asking him to come and help the people in Macedonia, which to us would be modern-day Greece. And so Paul, along with his fellow ministers, they would sail across the sea where they encounter a wealthy merchant woman by the name of Lydia, who the Bible tells us was a seller of purple and expensive fabrics, who would open her heart and her home to the gospel. And eventually the revival was so great that broke out in that place, it would become the meeting place for the church in Philippi. And you know that there was a church established there, and we even get a book that was addressed to them, the book of Philippians. It is here that we reach our text right after this powerful experience of baptizing this woman in her household. The Bible tells us that they would encounter a young woman possessed with the spirit of divination and sorcery. This confrontation coming directly on the heels of great revival should come to us as no surprise because we know that wherever the Spirit of God begins to move, the devil will try to counter what is occurring in the Spirit. Paul, we know, was trying to establish new churches on this missionary journey, and as soon as momentum began to build, he found that they would encounter spiritual turbulence and resistance. Amen. Let this be a reminder to you, saint of God, that your adversary isn't going to be happy about your new commitment and dedication to God. That the devil is not going to sit idly by when he sees someone getting serious about God. That's why God can speak into your life on Sunday. And you feel the power of God and the presence of God. And Monday rolls around and it seems like all hell is breaking loose in your life. The reason this happens is because the enemy understands how important it is to stop your growth in its beginning stages. What you'll find living for God is that often we come from high spiritual encounters only to encounter darkness and be confronted by the devices of the enemy. This is something that's evident all throughout Scripture. And I want you to consider two occurrences in the Old and the New Testament. In Exodus chapter 31, Moses stands in the glorious presence of God, watching the commandments being carved into stone by the finger of the Lord, only to come down from the mountain to see the Israelites worshiping the idol of the golden calf, forsaking the God who had freed them. If you jump over to the New Testament in Matthew chapter 17, Jesus is on top of the mountain with his inner circle of disciples where he would be transfigured. And as they descend the mountain, the Bible lets us know that the first thing Jesus encounters at the bottom of the mountain is a demon-possessed boy. And so throughout Scripture, you will see the precedent that great spiritual highs are met with spiritual resistance because our adversary does not want our faith and walk with God increasing 
and becoming more powerful and becoming more dynamic. And so great spiritual landmarks and triumphs will often be met with the adversary that is ready to fight with all his power to make sure that you do not become rooted and built up and established in the faith like the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. Somebody say amen. amen. Hear me today. That's why you'll see people start becoming faithful and a delusion will come their way because the devil knows that once our roots are wrapped around the rock, that the tree cannot fall. But let me take a moment to tell you, as you ascend in God, and as you begin to elevate, you're going to encounter some spiritual turbulence. And it's important as preachers that we preach this way, because there's a lot of doctrine that only talks about being blessed, and only talks about being prosperous, and people start to develop the impression that as soon as I make up my mind to live for God, that I'm no longer supposed to encounter anything. But I've come to tell you the contrary, that oftentimes it's right after your dedication that all hell breaks loose and the devil begins to strike. And hear me, as you ascend in God, you're going to experience some shaking and some vibrating, some moving and some ups and downs. But hear this preacher this afternoon that now is not the time to panic. And now is not the right time to look for your nearest exit to jump off of. We are too close to the end of days to fall to the wayside every time there is hardship and to crumble with every slight wind of resistance. Hey, we ought to remind ourselves uh, that God is still in control uh, and that God is our pilot. Uh, amen. And the church is not going down. The church is going up. Come on, somebody. Hear this preacher. Amen. I know the wind is roaring uh, and I know the waves are beating against the walls of your life. Uh, but hear me. You're not going to be defeated. Uh, amen. You're headed towards a victory. I wish I had about 10 people who believed it in the building this morning. Uh, I wish I had a people who understood uh, that now is not the time for the church to jump ship, uh, but it's time for the church uh, of the living God uh, to buckle up uh, and get strapped in uh, and understand that things are shaking uh, because I'm close to my breakthrough. Hey, hear, hear me today. We have to get away from this thinking that everything's shaking and going wrong because I'm doing something wrong. Have you ever considered that maybe things are going crazy because you're doing something right? Have you ever considered that the devil's coming against the church because you're on your way to revival? Maybe the boat is rocking because I'm getting close to my destination. Maybe things are getting hard because I'm on the right path. Maybe I'm being challenged because something is about to break. Maybe I'm being confronted because I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Come on, somebody. Don't let the turbulence take you away from where God has placed you. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody today. You need to understand, amen, that the wind is going to rock and times are going to get hard the closer you get to your miracle. But you got to be faithful. You got to show up and worship God with all your heart and with all your might and understand the winds may blow, amen, but I'm on my way to heaven. Amen. Come on, somebody. The struggle is real, but so is the blessing. The problem is real, but so is the solution. 
We're fighting real devils, uh, but we're serving a real God. Uh, amen. And if I'll just stay plugged into what God's doing, and if I'll continue to push the momentum we're building in Christ, I'm going to get through this and make it to the next level that God is trying to take me to. What we have to learn to do is get a stubbornness in our spirit that says I'm not backing down and that I'm not going to stop praying and I'm not giving up and I refuse to let go and I'm not throwing in the towel. Come on, somebody, turn to your neighbor and tell him I'm not giving up. Come on, turn to your other neighbor, say I'm not backing down. Hey, we're not moving because we understand that life's shaking uh, because I'm close to my miracle. Uh, amen. If your life is perfect, uh, you have my permission to be silent. Uh, but for those of us that are going through darkness uh, and for those of us that are going through shaking, uh, amen, you ought to stand to your feet and lift your hands uh, and begin to speak to your storm uh, and say, I will not be moved. I will not be moved. I will not be shaken. I will not be deterred. I will not stop praying. Come on, sir. I'm not going to stop praying for my family. I'm not going to stop praying for my children. Hear me. If you don't pray for your family, no one's going to pray for your family. If you don't lay your hands on your children, no one's going to lay their hands on the children. You got to understand we're in a fight. We're in a war. You got to make up in your mind that I'm going to walk into my home and begin to plead the blood of Jesus. Too often, amen. We go after our careers, and we go after the things we want in life, amen, but when it comes to spiritual things, we're passive and we're silent. Too often, we know how to fight, amen. Some of us know how to yell when somebody cuts us off, amen, but when the devil comes for your peace, you're silent. When the devil comes for your joy, you're silent. We become too content as people that are filled with the Holy Ghost of watching the adversary walk off with things that belong to us. And I'm trying to put something in your spirit that says it's time to fight and it's time to war. It's time to strap on your armor and understand we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Come on, God has equipped you for the fight. You got to just get tired of the devil beating you up. You got to get tired of the devil knocking you down. You got to get tired of being back to into the corner and say, this is the last time I retreat, uh, but I'm moving forward in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's clap our hands and give God the glory all over this house. Amen. And so as Paul went to prayer, the Bible tells us that he encounters this girl who was demon-possessed, who brought a lot of money to her masters through her divinations and her sorceries. You have to understand that these masters were people who didn't care about her well-being. They didn't care about her life. All they cared about was the money they could get from her affliction. And hear me, that's the way of the world. They aren't truly interested in your well-being. They are only interested in you as long as you contribute to them that which they deem valuable. That's why we have to be careful who we hang out with. And we have to be careful who we connect with. Because the world is out to destroy your soul. The world wants to take your joy and wants to take your happiness and it wants to take your peace. And this is exactly where this young lady found herself. She was used, she was dejected, she was broken, and she was abused. She was filled with demonic spirits controlling and influencing her every action. But all of a sudden, 
She crossed paths with someone who was filled with the Holy Ghost, and her life would never be the same. Can I stop for a moment and proclaim, amen, that there's something about being full of the Holy Ghost. Hear me today that nothing can encounter the true power of God and continue operating the same way. Hear me today, his presence still shifts the atmosphere. His spirit still changes lives. Come on, I don't know, I don't know what you walked in here with, but I've come to tell you the presence of God is here. And you don't have to leave the same way you came. You might have come bound and afflicted. Amen. But the spirit of the Lord is here. And it's not by my preaching, but it's by the spirit of God. That'll begin to shift and change what you're going through. So the Bible tells us, as these demonic spirits began manifesting themselves in this girl, they started proclaiming that these were men of God who showed people the way of salvation. Now notice, the apostles weren't showing people salvation by telling them to have faith only. The scripture tells us they were baptizing them and people were being filled with the Holy Ghost. And even the devils knew that the apostles were showing people the true way of salvation and that it takes more than faith only to make it in. Faith requires action, and faith without works is dead. Somebody say amen. amen. And for time's sake, I can't expound on everything that's here, so we'll keep moving to where I, I really want to get to. But this woman began following the disciples around, the Bible says, daily making these proclamations, which annoyed Paul. This annoyed Paul greatly. And to some, you may think, what's the harm? They were proclaiming that they were men of God, showing the way of salvation. They had the right message. Amen. But hear me, there can be the right message with the wrong messenger. And Paul was annoyed, catch this, because he did not need demonic approval for his ministry. Paul didn't appreciate the source of the recommendation. And so just like Jesus would tell demons to be quiet even when they were telling the truth, Paul would command the spirit to depart from her because he had the revelation that there are just some people and influences I refuse to get affirmation from. Hear me, people of God. There are people and influences you do not need in your life. Amen. You got to get to the place of spiritual maturity to understand that you don't need the world to affirm the truth in your life. You got to get to the place where you understand that I don't need the world's stamp of approval. I don't need the world's endorsement. Uh, and I don't need help from my adversary. Uh, we haven't come this far to need a pat on the back from the devil. And we don't need non hear me. We don't need non-apostolic approval on scripture. And let me tell you why you got to preach this way. Because I can't tell you how many people I deal with uh, that are twisted up by all kinds of devil doctrine because of something they read on, online. I can't tell you how many people I encounter that bring up some kind of doctrine that's of the devil because instead of praying and getting in the word, uh, they were too busy Googling uh, and searching things. Uh, people, there are too many people who want to debate about the lost books of the Bible and they haven't even read the 66 books we do have. There are too many people who care what mainstream and televangelists think about miracles, signs, and wonders. Uh, hear this preacher this afternoon. You ought to get off the internet and get your face in the book. You ought to let your pastor's voice, uh, amen, be the standard in your life. Because uh, you'll find uh, that you get the Holy Ghost uh, and all of a sudden your aunts become theologians. 
You get the Holy Ghost, and all of a sudden your co-workers are apologists who know Scripture in and out. Uh, hear me, uh, amen, there's going to be strong delusions in the last day. Uh, you ought to keep your face in the Word of God, uh, and you ought to tune out all voices uh, except the voice of your pastor. And get to the place where you refuse to accept affirmation from devils. Uh, amen. I only want to hear the voice of the Lord. Uh, I only want to read uh, what's written in his word. Uh, and I don't need affirmation from doctrines of devils. Clap your hands and give God the glory. And so Paul, he had, he had the right spirit and the right attitude. He looks at this woman possessed of a devil. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command for you to come out of her. The Bible says that very same moment that girl was set free. But it's here where we encounter a problem. This angered her masters when they saw that along with her deliverance, their financial gains had also been removed. Hear me, you got to beware of people who are more concerned with financial gain than they are with the changed life. And so these men were so angry that they take Paul and Silas to the marketplace and they begin to accuse them of troubling the city and teaching customs that were not lawful for Romans to observe. And the Bible tells us the multitude rose against them. The Bible says Paul and Silas were beaten with many stripes. In those days, there was no limit to how many lashes one could be given under the Roman law. And perhaps it's this beating that Paul had in mind when in 2 Corinthians 11:23 he said he received stripes above measure. And so it's here we find Paul and Silas thrown into prison. They are now bloodied and beaten. They are put into stocks. And these weren't just handcuffs, a man that they placed on you with your hands behind your back. But in ancient times, uh, these stocks would go on your feet and they were chained to walls. And what they would do is they would keep your feet too far apart. And so your legs would begin to cramp and ache. And it was impossible for you to find a, a, a comfortable position to rest in. And I want you to understand that here, Paul and Silas are broken and bloodied, uh, amen, and dejected, uh, not for anything that they had done wrong. All they had done was respond to the God-given vision. And all they had done was try to start churches and preach the gospel. Yet they find themselves beaten like dogs and cast into a dark and dejected prison. Amen. Hear me. Let me minister to someone right now that there are times when we try to follow the will of God and everything falls apart. There are times where we pursue after what God has called us to and it seems like we too are chained and we're broken and we don't understand why God has brought us to this dark place. But hear me, amen, that oftentimes persecution is the catalyst for God to unleash the supernatural in your life. There are very few miracles in the Bible that weren't preceded by, amen, hardship and persecution. Uh, but the Bible says that when people are persecuted, uh, that God begins to arise uh, and begins to set their lives straight again. Uh, consider that Peter never walked on water unless there was a storm. Uh, hear me today. I don't know who I'm talking to just briefly this moment. Uh, amen. But oftentimes you're praying for a miracle and you get upset when God brings you to adverse times. Uh, oftentimes God will bring you to a storm so he can reveal something about himself you didn't know before hear me 
The disciples didn't, Peter didn't know that he could walk on water. It took a storm to reveal something about Jesus he never knew. Not only that, but it revealed something about him that he never knew before. He didn't know that he had the faith and the courage to step off a boat and walk on waves. There are two things that's revealed in pressure and hardship. It reveals something about God and it reveals something in you that you did not know you had. And so what God has to do is he has to prove, he has to pull you through adverse circumstances to reveal something in you that you didn't realize you had. He has to pull you through hard times uh, so you can get a glimpse of something he's already placed in you that's lying dormant uh, because you're comfortable in the palace and on the mountaintop. And so what you'll find, what you'll find is every time the church gets comfortable, God, amen, would send persecution their way. Watch this in Acts chapter 8. After they had received the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that he gave them the Holy Ghost that they, th that they can go to Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, and they could go everywhere spreading the gospel. But they were so comfortable in their experience that the Bible says they were planted in Jerusalem. And so what does God do in Acts chapter 8? The Bible says that Saul comes wreaking havoc on the church. And the Bible says the church was scattered abroad. And it's then that Philip went to Samaria and revival began to break out. But if God wouldn't have shook them out of their comfort zone, revival would have never spread. And the disciples would have never gone to where they were called to go. Hear me, if persecution is coming your way, perhaps God is trying to shake you out of your comfort zone so you could begin to see the revival he has ordained for you to walk in. Somebody say amen. 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 And so what we'll find is that persecution comes our way. Hardship comes our way. And what do we do? We resist. We try and run. We stop showing up to church. We lose faith. But hear me, if you could ever learn to be as faithful in the valley as you are on the mountain, I'm telling you, God will unlock his plan in your life. Because there's some of you that have a calling on your life, and there are some of you that God wants to use greatly, but you're too comfortable. I'm telling you, God is going to send persecution to shake the church into action and to get the church, amen, to spread the gospel to all nations all around the world. Hear me. God is going to take you through the hardship, not to hurt you, but to pull out of you what he wants you to walk in. And so here Paul and Silas are. They were faithful, and they were thrown into jail. Not for anything they had done. And if anyone had a right to question God, it was Paul and Silas. But the Bible doesn't tell us that Paul and Silas complain. The Bible doesn't tell us that Paul and Silas lose faith and curse God. But the Bible says in this broken and bloodied condition that at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. And that's the spirit that breaks chains. It's the spirit that understands that God did not bring me this far to leave me. And that God didn't bring me this far to torture me and to hurt me. Amen. But understands that if God brought me this trial, he must have had enough faith that I'm able to get through it. And Paul and Silas said, there's never a reason to complain. Hear me, I'm going to tell you why there's never a reason to complain, and it's very simple. You ready for this revelation? God never stops being good. And if God never stops being good, amen, I should never lose faith, and I should never stop praising, and I should never stop dancing, and I should never stop shouting. But too often, too often, 
We let our environment dictate our praise. We let our environment dictate our faithfulness. We let our environment dictate our fervency in following after the things of God. And I'm preaching to somebody, if you would ever learn to praise instead of complain, when you're in your midnight hour, I'm telling you, you know what's going to happen? The Bible says in Acts 16, verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Let me tell you what happens when you praise instead of complain. God starts breaking chains. God starts opening prisons. God starts, God starts pouring out his spirit. Come on, I wish I had somebody that believed that today. I wish I had somebody that would learn to praise God in the darkness. Come on, come on. This is the first point I want to leave you with. Amen. God is a chain breaker. And I don't know what you've come bound with today, but God has already confirmed to me in the Holy Ghost that there's somebody that's going to walk out of here different than the way you walked in. And hear me, I don't even have to finish preaching this sermon. You want to know what, what happens? Uh, you got to respond when the Spirit begins to move on you. Hear me, you have my permission. If God starts to deal with you to throw your hands up uh, because your miracle is in your response, uh, I'm telling you, if you don't have the Holy Ghost today, God is going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Uh, come on, if you're battling with depression, uh, God is going to set you free today. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, let's lift our hands for a few moments. Come on, let's lift our hands for a few moments. Hallelujah. I'm going to just follow after the Holy Ghost. Amen. I think there's somebody in this building that's struggling with prescription drugs, and God wants to set you free today. God wants to set you free today. Come on, there's people that are struggling with suicide. God's going to set you free today. God is going to set you free today. There are those that are struggling with depression that paralyzes you. Come on, and you got your suit on, you got your dress on, and nobody knows what you're going through. But late at night, in the midnight hour, you lay there, and you want if you're going to lose your mind, hear me, God has come to set you free. God has come to set you free. God has come to break the chains. God has come. To, come on, respond to that right now. Respond to that right now. Woo! Come on, I need someone that's filled with the Holy Ghost to tap in right now. I need someone that's filled with the Holy Ghost to tap in right now. Because you've been so full of the lies of the devil, you don't even believe it's true. Come on, ARC. God has come to break the chains. God has come to break the chains. God has come to break the bands. Come on, I feel a shaking in the atmosphere. I feel an earthquake in the atmosphere. God is about to set somebody free today under the sound of my voice. Yeah, da, da, da. Come on, somebody. Come on, lift your hands for a few more moments. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody pray in the spirit right now. Yeah, no, 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 no,
Hallelujah. There's somebody under the sound of my voice. Uh, I don't normally preach like this, but I feel the Holy Ghost. Uh, amen. You are so bound that you're afraid to lift your voice uh, because you're more concerned with what people will think about you uh, than what God is trying to do in your life. Uh, come on. You got to want freedom uh, more than you want convenience. Uh, you got to want freedom uh, more than you want comfort. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody's about to be loosed in the name of Jesus. Somebody's about to be set free right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, we don't even have to move from this moment. God is about to set somebody free. Come on, there's some chains that are falling off. There are some chains that are falling off. Come on, don't be in a rush to move on. God is doing something in this moment. Come on, I need somebody that's sensitive to the Holy Ghost to begin to tap in right now. Come on, I need someone to begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit right now. Come on, we need a gift of faith right now. We need tongues and interpretation. Come on, we need somebody to intercess right now. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, ARC, a few more moments. A few more moments. We bind every stronghold. Uh, we break, we command every chain to be loose right now in the presence. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I have a lot more to preach. The Holy Ghost doesn't want to move on from this moment right now. Come on, somebody be sensitive to the Spirit right now. Come on, come on, perfect love casts out all fear. You have no reason to worry. Come on, that's it. Lay hands on her right now. Lay hands on her right now. Come on, let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody, a few more moments. Come on, I'm not a mystic preacher. You know how I preach. I just preach the word, but I feel to stop right here in the Holy Ghost. God is doing something right now. There's a testimony that's being birthed from this moment. There are chains that are being broken right now. Come on, generational curses can fall off right now. You don't have to be what your daddy was. You don't have to be what your grandpa was. Come on, God is breaking chains, breaking chains off the mind, breaking chains off the heart. Come on, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Come on, church, let's pray.
Come on, just a few more moments. Can you linger in the Holy Ghost? We don't need to be in a rush this morning. God is breaking chains. God is changing lives right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. The Holy Ghost spoke to me. He told me he's going to do it in this service. Come on. You don't got to walk out of here again with the same things, wrestling with the same lies, hearing the same voices. God has come to set you free today. Hallelujah. Amen. We can stand all over this house. Hallelujah. Someone come to the music right now. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, hear me. I have a charge to give this church right now. I have a charge to give this church right now. Hallelujah, hear me. Amen. God is already breaking chains for some people. But for those of us who aren't struggling with something, I'm telling you, God has given me a word for this church. I don't say that lightly. If I've ever had a word for a church, I have a word for ARC right now. I want you to consider what happened next. The Bible tells us, amen, that after the chains were broken, that the, the prison keeper, he woke up and he drew out a sword. And he was going to kill himself because he decided and he determined that all the prisoners had fled but the Bible tells us that Paul cried out with the I pray this spirit would grip this church right now I understand this is simple but I pray it would grip this church right now that Paul cried out with a loud voice saying do yourself no harm for we are all here my question to the saved folks hey man I'm giving you a charge right now in the Holy Ghost why didn't Paul flee why didn't Paul run off? Why didn't Paul, at his opportunity of freedom, escape the prison that he was wrongfully imprisoned in? Because Paul had the understanding, hallelujah, that God does not break chains so you can enjoy your freedom by yourself. But God breaks chains on purpose because God understood that Paul and Silas were chained in the physical but there was a jailer there that day that was chained in the spiritual and God brought Paul and Silas to a place of adversity and he broke their chains so that they could break the chains of somebody else and what I feel like God wants to unleash in this house, I'm telling you, I have half a sermon to preach. Come on, I can go to Esther. I can go to many different places. But hear me, God is not going to bless you financially so that you can enjoy your finances all to yourself. And God didn't deliver you from drugs and alcohol so that you have a cute testimony and you make it to heaven. But with every broken chain, God breaks it so that you can go back and break somebody else's chains. 
and what I felt in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I've been here long enough. We're family. I can preach this way. Amen. Hear me today. What I feel is there's too much power in this house that is content operating within these four walls. But the charge that God wants to unlock, hear me, your pastor cannot do all the work by himself. Your ministry team cannot do the work all by themselves. But I'm praying if I, if I, could, I could see it in the spirit, the breath of God is about to unlock the spirit of chain breakers in this house. I'm telling you, you got to walk out of this place understanding, hear me, that the same Holy Ghost I have is the same Holy Ghost you have. The same Holy Ghost that Brother Diaz has is the same Holy Ghost that you have. And God wants to unlock the spirit of a chain breaker that understands. Uh, God set me free so I could set somebody else free. And I'm telling you, God wants to unleash a revival in ARC. But it's going to take people, amen, unlocking what they have uh, and going into supermarkets, uh, going into coffee shops, uh, and not being content with their own salvation, uh, but understanding every time I leave the door, uh, God, lead me to somebody that needs their chains broken. Uh, lead me to somebody who needs their lives changed. We need a body of believers who would recognize God wants to unleash the spirit of a chain breaker in this house. Uh, come on, God wants you to go back to your family and begin to break chains. Uh, God wants you to go into your community and break chains. And this is the last thing I'll leave you with because this is what we wrestle with. This is the same thing I wrestled with. Hear me, there's nothing that qualifies me, amen, of standing in front of you today. There's nothing special about me. I don't have some kind of education that nobody else has. But hear me today. This is what it takes. You got to get past looking at yourself through your flaws, through self-condemnation, and understand, hear me, that God has already placed inside of you everything it takes to win revival in your homes and in your city. And God, hear me, Moses was standing in the presence of God, one of the greatest prophets that ever lived. And he was, he saw a burning bush but he was so full of self-loathing and condemnation that even seeing the miraculous, he doubted what God could do in his life. And Moses looked into the presence of God and said, how, how can I, how can I be used to bring this people out of, out of Egypt? And you know what God said? He didn't require something of Moses that Moses didn't have. But he looked at Moses and he said, what's in your hand? And in Moses' hand, he held the staff, an ordinary staff. God didn't require something of him that he didn't already possess. But God said, I'm going to take what you already have, and I'm going to part red seas. I'm going to cause water to flow from rocks. I'm going to have manna fall from heaven. Not with something you don't have, but something that's already in your hand. And I want to wake ARC up and help you realize, uh, hear me, what are you holding that is the key to revival, but you doubt yourself uh, and you're unwilling to invest it into the kingdom of God. And what God wants to use to un unlock revival, I'm not talking about a couple souls being saved. I'm talking about unprecedented revival. It's for people to wake up and realize, uh, amen, what is in my hand God wants to use to do the miraculous. Hear me, there's a purpose to your chains being broken. You don't need to get content in your own freedom. If we're not careful, we'll get so content in our own freedom that we're comfortable just speaking in tongues, amen, and coming to church and never bringing anybody with us. 
But hear me, the Holy Ghost was meant to do more than give you stammering lips. The Holy Ghost was meant to do more than just have you speaking in tongues, enjoying your own salvation. But he said you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses. The Holy Ghost that you speak in tongues with is the same Holy Ghost that has anointed you to be a witness. It's the same Holy, I'm telling you, I feel a radical faith stirring in this house that they don't even have to come into this sanctuary to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But someone's going to get the revelation that I can lay hands on the sick at my job and they are healed. I can lay hands on the sick in a coffee shop and they're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I pray every hand lifted right now, every eye closed, that the spirit of a chain breaker would begin to flow in this house. That God will begin to give you a glimpse of how he wants to use you and use this church right now. Right now, I pray the Spirit would begin to move. God, you didn't set me free so I can enjoy my freedom. You set me free so I can go back in the fire and pull them out of hell. I can go back to my family and pull them out of the grips of Satan. God, you set me free so I can set others free. Abraham, I'm going to bless you, not so you can enjoy blessings, but through you all the earth will be blessed. God blesses so that we can be a blessing to somebody else. Every hand lifted. Come on, let's pray right now in the Holy Ghost. I pray a radical faith would begin to flow over this house. I pray a radical faith would begin to grip the hearts of somebody. All it takes is one person. All it takes is one person that believes that God has more for my life than this. That God has more for my life than the ordinary. But somehow this willing vessel God is going to use to see unprecedented revival in the last days. The Bible said where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. I'm telling you, as bad as the world gets, it's going to take that much more anointing and that much more Holy Ghost. And if you feel like you live in a dark community that's dark and lost and going to hell, I'm telling you, it's going to take that amount of Holy Ghost to begin to set people free. I'm telling you, I'm preaching to you. You got to start bringing some people into the house of God. You got to start doing something for the kingdom of God. You got to unlock the gift and stir up the gift that lies within you because God is wanting to pour out a revival. And the problem, the problem is not with the harvest. The problem is with the laborers. God, I pray right now a spirit would fall in this place that says, I can't be content in my own salvation, but you blessed me so I could be a blessing. You freed me so that I can free others. You set me loose so I could loose the bands of somebody that's lost and on their way to hell. As the musicians begin to sing, I pray you would begin to lift your hands and begin to pray all over this house. Come on, God is breaking chains, and God is loosing some chain breakers in this house right now. I'm telling you, I'm not talking about in a year. I'm talking about in a few months. We're about to start getting, amen, radical reports of healings and miracles and people being filled with the Holy Ghost. If there's somebody that believes me, why don't you lift your hands? These altars are open. Let's begin to pray all over this house. Come on, let's begin to lift up the name of Jesus all over over this house. Hallelujah. 
Come on, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, I want you to come down to this altar. God is about to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you need a miracle in your life, I want you to come down to this altar. Amen. God is going to confirm his word with miracles, signs, and wonders. Come on, ARC. Lift up your voice and begin to pray all over this house. God is about to do something supernatural in this house. Come on, let's begin to pray. Let's begin to pray. Let's begin to lift up our voice. Come on, lift up your voice, lift up your hands. God's about to do it right now. God's about to do it right now. There's peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Till every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, magnify. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains, and Jesus in streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. 
Your name. 